Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, February 25th, and it's a special edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast with myself, your host as always, Adam Martin, and my co-host as always, Cole Shelton, to break down this weekend's UFC event, which is UFC Norfolk. Cole, how's it going, man? Doing well. How about yourself? Cole, I'm doing pretty good, dude. Uh, pretty good weekend of combat sports, for sure, man. A lot of fights. A lot of fights. UFC, Bellator, boxing. So it was pretty good. I know you watched the big boxing match. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Call, I want to get your thoughts about that and the uh, the rematch or trilogy fight, I should say. But uh, let's start with UFC Norfolk. Give our predictions for this card. Uh, before we get into the card, give me your initial thoughts on it and turn it up, MMA, in the chat right now. What's up, gentlemen? What's up, man? Cole, give me your thoughts on this card. Man. It's, not, it's not that good, honestly. It's not a good card. So I was doing some research on this card for this, and I found out. There's only two ranked fighters on this card, and that's the main event. There's no other ranked fighters on this card. I mean, maybe you can count Felicia Spencer and Megan Anderson, but there's no featherweight rankings. So they technically don't have a number beside their name, but two ranked fighters, and that's the main event fighting for the title. It's not a good card. Like, I think the UFC is kind of focusing on 248 right now, and this card just kind of won. They just kind of threw in there. Yeah, and the thing about this card is, Making UFC history, MMA history, I guess, but UFC history, first card in UFC history to fall on a leap day. So that's pretty interesting. We don't usually have a card on February 29th, so it's pretty weird. Anyways, cool. Let's get into this card. We've got 12 fights this weekend to break down, to give our picks on. Let's start with the prelims or work way up. As always, we'll start with the first fight of the night Isbell Nardiev against Sean Brady, welterweight bout. Odds right now, Nardiev minus 140 for the Austrian Wonderboy and Sean Brady plus 120. Give me your pick. I'm actually going to go with the underdog and Sean Brady here. I know Nardiev, he's looked good. He beat Mike Brazeres, which was a really good win. Beat uh, Sahar in his last fight. That chance run counter loss, like, he didn't look very good in that fight. He was a huge favorite. Sean Brady, undefeated, 11-0, was coming off a really impressive UFC debut against Court McGee. He's a good all-around. He has good ground game, good power. I think he's striking-wise, I think he's better than Nardiev. And I think I think if he can keep this fight standing, I think he can have a lot of success. Nardiev, I think I need to, he needs to use his wrestling here, but I think Brady might be able to keep it up on the feet. I think Brady can uh, get the decision win here. Yeah, this is a close fight call, honestly. Like I can see it going either way, to be honest. Uh, Nardiev has looked pretty good at times, man. He beat CR, and he also beat uh, Prezeris. Those are good wins. Um, he did lose to Rencounter. Rencounter is actually a pretty underrated fighter, pretty big for that division too. So he did lose that fight, but I think overall it's a good. Brady had that win over McGee. Looked okay in that fight. Not the greatest performance, but it was his UFC debut. Um, I'm pretty high on, Sean, on uh, Sean Brady. I think he is a good prospect. However, Nardiev is also a really good prospect. He's a little bit younger, which I like. He has UFC experience, which I like. He has more experience, which I like. So I'm going to lean towards Nardiev a little bit. I think he can edge on the decision here, but, man, this is a close fight. I wouldn't personally bet on this fight because I really could see it going either way. But I do lean a little bit towards Isabel Nardiev just due to the UFC experience. Next up, we have a featherweight bout. Elon Cruz against Spike Carlisle. Elon Cruz minus 175. Spike Carlisle plus 155. Carlisle took the fight short notice for Steven Peterson. Give me your pick on this one. Yeah, it's absolutely interesting that Carlisle is a natural lightweight and he's dropping down to featherweight on short notice. I'm kind of skeptical on that because already short notice fight, you're already skeptical then dropping down 10 pounds like his last uh, two fights been at lightweight, then one was a 150-pound catchweight. So he hasn't made featherweight in a while. I think Elon Cruz, he obviously had that really nice flying knee over uh, Steven Wynn. He didn't impress me too much on the contenders. I think it was more just the 
finish because it was kind of highly real finish got in the contract. So I'm not too high on Cruz, but just him being a featherweight, Carlisle taking his fight on short notice, cutting down the extra weight. I'll take Cruz by decision. Maybe he could score a knockout. But again, this is a fight I probably wouldn't bet on just because I'm not really high on either guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on this one. This was another fight I personally wouldn't bet on either. I know I've been saying that quite a bit lately, but I mean, when there's not that much information on guys, why would you risk your hard-earned money on them? You know, in this particular case, like, there's no point of betting this fight, in my opinion. Like, Elon Cruz probably does win, but, like, I wouldn't lay juice on a guy like this. You know, um, I, I'm with you, Cole. I wasn't too impressed with the win fight. He did get the flying knee knockout in that fight. Good for him. But, you know, I think Dana White last year, he just kind of got really excited when he saw guys score these knockouts. And he signed a bunch of guys. And I don't know if this guy's really UFC caliber, to be completely honest. Um, I do like the win over Steve Garcia, who also is on this card. I like that win. That is a solid win, though, because I think that guy's actually a really good fighter. Carlisle, I mean, I don't know a ton about him. I know he has had some nice wins on LFA. But the short notice, combined with the uh, the weight class switcher here, I don't know about that either. Cool. I'm going to lean towards Alan Cruz, but again, you know, not a confident pick, guys. And I personally wouldn't bet on this fight. Cruise by decision, probably, but uh, not picking this. Not betting on this one. Next up, uh, give me your pick for TJ Brown versus Jordan Griffin. The odds on this featherweight bout have Jordan Griffin minus one forty, TJ Brown plus one twenty. Yeah, TJ Brown's actually one of the guys of the Contender Series. I was pretty impressed with. He's has a lot of fights. He's a lot of experience. He's and really good on the ground. He has a lot of submission wins, but then he has a lot of knockout power. Like his head kick over Ken Beverly in LFA, that kind of went around Twitter for a bit. Uh, Jordan Griffin just owned two in the UFC, losses to Danny Gay and Chaz Skelly. Obviously, those, you can't really complain about those losses. And then he, he's a good guy on the ground, too. He has a lot of submission wins, but I just think, on striking wise, I think Brown's a better striker. And normally, when you have two good ground guys, it's going to be a kickboxing fight. So I favor Brown's striking. So I think Brown can get it done by decision. Yeah, you know, I feel kind of bad for Griffin. I think he's had kind of a tough one. Um, the fight with Ige, I mean, that guy is obviously really good now. And there was a close fight, and the Skelly fight was pretty competitive too, but he did lose those two fights. You know, TJ Brown, though, a nice little win streak here. Four fights in a row, Cole, finishing guys, two head kick knockouts, two arm triangle chokes. This guy's finishing people everywhere. He's a very, very dangerous fighter, and uh, he has a lot more momentum coming in this fight. And like you said, Cole, he has quite a bit of experience. Actually, Griffin has a little bit more, but... Brown, this is his chance to shine, man. I think he can win this fight. Well, I actually think there's value on him possibly as a dog here. Again, you can't go too crazy considering it's his UFC debut. You don't want to go too nuts on this, but I think this fight, probably the odds should be flipped around with Cruz or uh, Brown as a slight favorite here. So give me TJ Brown, man. I don't know if he gets a finisher, Cole, because Griffin's very tough to finish, but it's possible he could submit him maybe. But my pick is going to be TJ Brown. I do think he wins this fight, and it should be an interesting fight to watch. It should be a pretty exciting battle. Next up, we have a heavyweight belt between Marcin Tibera and Sergey Spivak. Right now, we have Spivak minus 120, Tibera plus 100. Cole, give me your pick in this fight between low-level heavyweights. I think Sergey Spivak, I just think he's a bit better. He's a bit all well-rounded. He has pretty good striking, knocked a few guys out. And he has really good ground game. A lot of his wins are over by submission. Like he submitted tied to a base in his last fight. He has a win over Travis Fulton, which... If you don't know who that is, that guy has probably, what, the most fights in MMA? Like, he has, like, 255 wins. So, yeah, Spivak is, like, he's. I think he's better on the ground. I think he's going to try to take this fight down on the ground. Tybura is coming off two straight dog losses. Lost to Shamil Abdurahimov and then lost to Augustus Akai real uh, pretty quick. Three of, his fa- three of his past four losses come by stoppage by knockout. I think Spivak can take this fight down to the ground, just ground and pound Tybura out and earn a 
ground pound TKO and probably in the second or third round. Man, I guess the winner of this fight might get ranked. I thought Spivak was ranked, and then I checked, and he, he's not in the rankings anymore. I think Gone took his spot at 15, which makes sense to me. But, yeah, I mean, Spivak is coming off a nice win over today, so I did pick him in that. I think I picked him up. I can't remember now, but I uh, I said he had a good chance to win that one at least. And, uh, you know, this guy does have a decent amount of experience. Goal. Like you said, Travis Fulton. I mean, listen, Travis Fulton is a journeyman, to say the least, but that's not a bad win to have in your resume as a young fighter. And Tony Lopez is another guy who's a journeyman, but that's not a bad win to have. He's finishing these guys. You know, Tybura has fought a higher level competition. There's no doubt about it. He's been in the UFC for like three or four years now. But uh, Cole, the, the losing streak concerns me, man. He's lost four of his last five. The one wing against Struve, that's not even a good win in my opinion anymore. This guy, is, he's getting knocked out every fight now. And I just think he's lost his confidence, man. You know, a few years ago, I would have absolutely picked Tybura here, but I don't think I could pick him this time. Again, not a confident pick. Heavyweight fight. Anyone can get knocked and out. Low and low-level heavyweights. Low-level heavyweights. And we, we should mention, Spivak got knocked out by Wall Harris last year, Cole. Like, it's not that far removed from that knockout loss in 50 seconds. So my pick's going to be Spivak. I do think he probably knocks Tybura out here, to be honest with you. Maybe ground down or just straight-up knockout. But, Cole, I'm not betting on this fight, man. Two low-level heavyweights. You're going to bet your hard-earned money on these guys? I don't think so. I wouldn't do that. Next up, this is an interesting fight. Cool. In my opinion, this probably should be in the main card, but it's on the prelims. Brendan Allen is Tom Breeze. I really like this fight. Uh, Brendan Allen, or Tom Breeze right now actually is a minus-135 favorite. Brendan Allen, plus-115 underdog. Give me your pick. Yeah, it's a really interesting fight. Tom Breeze, it was kind of weird. Like He was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be kind of that next best, maybe next UFC champion from Britain. He had a lot of hype behind him, especially have his first couple fights in the UFC. And then... He just hasn't fought in a while. He's had those anxiety problems where he had to pull out on the day of the fights. He pulled out against uh, Cesar Ferrer, or he pulled out against Ian Heinish, it was, due to uh, the day of the fight. I favor Brendan Allen here just because Breeze hasn't fought since May of 2018. It's been a long time since he's fought. Brendan Allen's look good. He's looked impressive. Really good ground game. He submitted Kevin Allen in his UFC debut. Smitted Aaron Jeffrey on the Contender Series, who's probably one of the better Canadian prospects. His only three losses in a they're in to Trevin Giles, Eric Anders, and Anthony Hernandez, who are all in the UFC. He's still young. He comes from a good gym and a roof of sport. I think Brendan Allen coined this fight, and I wouldn't even be surprised if he were to submit or finish Tom Breeze. Yeah, this is a good fight. I mean, both these guys are good fighters. Tom Breeze, I don't know what's going on with this guy, man. He hasn't fought in almost two years now. He had some sort of like anxiety attack at one point. I can't remember what fight it was, Cole. Um, I think it was the Ian Heinrich yeah, fight. He pulled he had, like, out the day after, like the day of the fight, because he weighed yeah. in and then he pulled out. Does Breeze remove your health concerns? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Tap Aldery now. He's been injured a few times too, but you know he at one point was a really good prospect, and a lot of us thought this guy could go far in this division. But again, you know, hasn't fought in two years. I don't know what's going on. And if you look at his wins, goal, all his wins are against guys right now that are not in the UFC anymore. And his last win against Dan Kelly. He did have only one loss against Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's a good fighter. I don't know what's going on with Sean Strickland, man. He was a really good prospect, too. Brendan Allen, though, very impressive, Cole. Very young, 24. I did pick against Kevin Holland. I thought he'd win that fight. He looked great in that fight. And he's won five straight fights. And uh, his two losses to UFC guys, Anders and Hernandez, not bad losses. Hasn't been finished yet. I just like he's been more active. Since, look at this, Cole. Since Breeze's last fight, Allen has had five fights. And to me, that is a big difference. He's getting experience. He's getting his reps in while Breeze has been sitting at home. I don't know what's going on with Breeze. I really hope the guy feels better. You know, this is a tough sport, man, as it is. And if you have, like, anxiety to go along with it, Cole, like, that's brutal. You know, so I can't pick him. 
I really can't. I just hope this fight doesn't get canceled the day up because it's happened a few times. Tom Breeze now, Cole. I personally bring it down for the upset, man. I think there is value on him. He should be favored, in my opinion, in this fight as well, just based on Breeze's layoff. So give me Brennan Allen. I don't know if he finishes Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze is very tough to finish, but uh, it's possible he can get submission. But if not, I think he just grinds the decision out. It should be a good fight, though. And I think it should probably be on the main card. Next up, we have Gabriel Silva against Kyler Phillips in a Bantamweight belt. Gabriel Silva, minus 130. Kyler Phillips, plus 110. Give me your pick. I have Gabriel Silva here. I know he's coming on. Obviously, he lost his debut to Ray Borg. Ray Borg's a really good fighter. And it's kind of interesting because Kyler Phillips, his UFC debut was supposed to be against Ray Borg and Philly, and then Phillips had to pull out. But Ray Borg's kind of interesting. Like He has a nice win in LFA, but it's, he's won one in his last two fights. And before that was on the contender, or on Ultimate Fighter, we lost to Brad Katona. So he hasn't been too impressed to me. And Gabriel Silver, like he has UFC experience. He been against uh, Ray Borg, who was high level. I just think the Octagon experience, who the higher level competition. I think this is a fight that Silva can win. I think he's an edge of a decision over Phillips. Yeah, this is a close fight to another one I would not recommend betting on. Just I don't think a lot of us are giving Kyle Phillips probably his due here because I've seen everyone picking Gabriel Silva. And I, I think I'm going to have to pick him too, just based on the fight with Borg. He has been in the cage in the UFC Octagon, I should say. And against the high level guy, much better fighter than anyone Kyler Phillips is fought. If you look at Kyler Phillips' resume, Cole, like his competition has not been very good. It's been pretty low level guys. Um, for the most part, he's looked pretty impressive, but uh, against low competition, what does that mean, right? You know, at least Silva's been fighting guys with decent records here. Um, my pick's going to be Gabriel Silva by decision. I think you could probably edge this fight out, but again, not a fight I personally recommend betting on uh, between two guys that, quite frankly, we don't know a ton about. Final prelim on the card, and this fight was just announced yesterday. We don't have odds for this fight, but I'm assuming Luis Pena will be favored slightly over Steve Garcia, as Luis Pena was going to be favored over uh, Alex Munoz. I actually was going to pick Alex Munoz in that fight. Yeah, that would have been. I was really looking for. That was probably the one fight I was really looking forward to. Like Munoz yeah. is a guy I'm really high on. He's he's the guy he just got on. Uh, he's your eye favors Jim. He's team alpha male guy. Like he's a really good prospect. I honestly was thinking about picking Munoz. Like, that was a really that was gonna be a really good fight. Oh, I would have picked Munoz for sure, uh, and I, he was actually gonna be probably like one of my recommended dog plays. But uh, fights are happening, so it is what it is. But now Pena now against Garcia again, no odds. I do assume that Pena will be favored due to the fact he was supposed to fight this card. But we should mention Steve, Gar- Steve Garcia was supposed to fight this weekend or next weekend at LFA Cool, so he was in a training camp right now. Um, Luis Pena two and two in the UFC, Ultimate Fighter veteran, of course. Coming off a split decision loss to Matt Frevel, a very close fight. Some people thought he won that fight. Uh, he also has that dominating win over uh, Matt Wyman last year, just a brutal win. And he also beat Steven Pearson, and he has the loss to Mike Trezano. And uh, sorry, he's actually three and two. He beat Richie Small in, in his uh, Ultimate Fighter fight, not in the fi- at the finale, but not in the finale. He didn't make it to the end because of an injury in the show. But overall, I mean, the guy's pretty solid, seven and two. And Cole, he trains at American Kickboxing Academy, he trains at Habib every day. So this guy's getting in really good reps. Steve Garcia, 11-3 record, 27 years old, and uh, four-fight win streak. He's a Jackson Wink guy. He's coming off a couple straight uh, knockout wins here. I don't know these guys too well. Jose Marcel and uh, Desmond Torres, who I actually have heard of. Uh, he is a former Bellator veteran. He has quite a bit of fights in Bellator. He does have a knockout win over Sean Bunch from 2013. He did fight Joe Warren in 2017. He also has that fight against Elon Cruz who's on this card. He has a win over Ken Moy, who's like not a bad fighter. This guy's quite a bit of experience, but honestly, man, I was really impressed with him on the show last year. He looked amazing on the uh, contender series when he knocked out Torres. A great win. He didn't make weight, though. 
I don't think he's going to make weight for this fight, Cole, personally. Uh, on the short notice, and it's a big guy for this division, I think he's going to miss weight. So we'll see what happens. I mean, even if he misses weight, he, he actually might still win the fight because this guy actually has a lot of power in his striking. He's a, he's a good fighter, man. Um, I got to go with Pena, though, Cole, just the wrestling. I think that's going to be the difference. Give me Pena win the decision. I'd like to see the odds for this before I you know, recommend the play, but I do think Pena probably grinds it out. I just think you guys got to you know realize Steve Garcia is a dangerous guy, and he's not to be taken lightly here. Give me your pick. Yeah. Yeah, even with like you mentioned, Pena's at AKA, but so when when Habib fought Connor, like Pena was Habib's main guy. That's what he worked with every single day. Pena tried to imitate Connor, and it's not even like he's been at AKA his whole career. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. Daniel Cormier was his coach, and Daniel Cormier saw something in special in him, and he's like, "You're coming to train with AKA with me full time." And Daniel Cormier's kind of been like a mentor to him his whole since the Ultimate Fighter, which is obviously really good. I think Payne is going to win this fight. I just think he's the bigger guy. He obviously has a good reach. I think I think it's five, four or five inch reach advantage over Garcia. He has a reach advantage over everyone. I think he can just use that jab, just pick up Garcia. I don't think he's going to finish Garcia. I think he's just going to get a decision win. Yeah, it should be a pretty good fight. Goal. I, I actually am pretty high on Garcia. Just unfortunately, he had to take this fight a short notice. Anyways, uh, moving up to the main card here, Cole. Biggest, or one of the biggest favorites on the card. We have a few like actual big favorites here, but. Uh, for the men's fights, Grant Dawson is a minus four twenty favorite against Derek Minner. Grant Dawson, the only question is, does he finish the fight or one decision? I personally think he finishes the fight. Cole, what do you think? Yeah, I think he submits Derek Minor in the first round. Derek Minor, if you look at his past losses on the contender series, submitted by Herbert Burns, then he lost by TKO, then submitted, submitted, decision submitted, submit or ground pound submitted, submitted. He loses most of his losses are by submission. Grant Dawson's one of the really good, really good on the ground. I think he'll take this fight down the ground with ease. Derek Miner stepping on short notice. I think Grant Dawson will get a first down session. Probably uh, probably rear naked choke or trial choke. That's how Grant Dawson's been winning lately as a choke. So that's why with first round choke for Dawson. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a hater, but this guy shouldn't be in the UFC. I mean, look at his record. 24 and 10. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. Good for him. He's been grinding. Cole, this guy is so inconsistent. Why is he in the UFC? I mean, to me, like the fact this guy's on the card just shows that there's just too many fighters in the UFC now, you know, quite frankly. I don't see anything special about this dude. And I think Grant Dawson wipes the floor of the men. Grant Dawson's a really good prospect. Great ground game. He submits him. You know, there's no prop on submission right now. You do have Dawson side distance minus 190. I'd rather wait for a submission prop. I think that's the only way the fans call Grant Dawson, probably in the first round. By tap out. All right. Now, I got to get your thoughts on this fight because honestly, man, I really have no idea how this is going to go. Megan Anderson against Norman Dumont. <sighs> I don't know what to say about this one, Cole. Megan Anderson right now, minus 225, nor do I have plus 185. I want to hear your thoughts on this, and I'll give my thoughts on the fight. Yeah, my pick is Megan Anderson, but all the value is on Norma Dumont. Like, Norma Dumont, she's only 4-0. She hasn't fought the best high-level competition. She hasn't fought since August of 2018. And who she's fought is 13-8, 0-2, 2-0, 0-0. She hasn't fought any good, but two of those wins are by submission. And Megan Anderson on the ground, we've seen it before. We've seen it against Felicia Spencer. She is not that good on the ground. I think Norma Dumont can, if she's going to win this fight, it's going to be by submission. I just don't know enough about her. I don't think she's as good as Megan Aronson striking-wise or be able to take get the fight down to the ground. So I'll have Megan Aronson by decision, but I would not be shocked if Dumont pulls off the upset because, frankly, like Megan Anderson's just been so inconsistent in the UFC to bet on. I don't know, man. This is a tough one. Like Honestly, I really want to pick Dumont here because I'm not very high on Megan Anderson, her ground game. I know she submitted her last opponent, but... Cole, the Holly home fight, taken down, grinded out, 
the Felicia Spencer fight taken down, submitted quickly. I watched tape on Dumont this morning. She is a pretty strong grappler. Um, but the problem is the fight I watched was against, uh, I think it was this first one against, I can't remember who it was. I, I, it was either Lydian or Boza, but look at the records. Owen, 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 too. Took the girl down. I think it was a body lock takedown. And then like a second later, the girl tapped out from a rear naked choke. It was pretty sad to watch, actually. I, I don't know, Cole. Like, I want to pick her. I really do. I think that this could be, you know, one of those spots that makes me look smart. But she, has, she hasn't fought anyone good, you know? So it's it's a shot in the dark if I pick this girl. I'm going to pick – I'm going to be safe here, guys. I'm going to take Megan Anderson. I'll take her to win. I'll take her to win by submission. Or maybe decision, actually, I should say. Because um, I just don't know how Dumont uh, has – where her flaws are. But I don't know, Cole. Like, I don't – let, let me ask you this. Say sure. Dumont goes and submits Anderson. Do you think the UFC just cuts her? Like me and Anderson? There's not many featherweights. Maybe at that point they just do Felicia Spencer Nunes final fight featherweight, and then everyone they just can't they just close down the division. Man, I, I honestly don't even know. I, I she's just been such a disappointment in the UFC. I a lot of us thought she'd be like a contender. She does have that one of hers again, but it was like a freak eye injury. She looked good in, in Victor, though. We gotta give her credit there. She looked really good. She was knocking everyone out, but again. Even that competition was not high level goal. I don't know. Like I, I'll be honest, guys. I might end up switching my pick by the end of the week because I just don't believe believe in Megan Anderson this level. But Dumont again, no experience. Cole, she is uh, five inches shorter too. That is going to come play a role in this one. I did watch her fight though. She's a pretty thick girl. She's strong. It, would you be surprised, Cole, if Dumont took down Anderson Smitter? No, not at all. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't bet on this fight, guys. Do not bet on this fight. Not worth it. I'll pick Anderson, but I'm not betting on this one. All right, next up, I, I should mention quickly, there's a lot of questions here from Chris. And Chris, I really appreciate questions. We're going to finish the preview, then I'll answer your questions. All right, next up. Cool, this is a good fight. Two uh, light heavier prospects. Ian Kutalaba against Megamet Ankalev. Really good fight here. Ankalev is favored right now at minus 190. Kutalaba plus 165. Who do you like? Yeah, this is a really good fight. This is a fight that outside the main event, this is probably the one I'm looking most forward to. It's Two exciting guys, two people that get a lot of finishes. Jan Kutalava, his last fight against Khalil Roundtree, I did not expect him to dominate Roundtree like that. Like, that was, especially after Roundtree's uh, performance over Anders. Ankalaev, though, I have to go with Ankalaev. He's just more dangerous everywhere. I know he has that last second loss to Paul Craig, but he was dominating that fight. Like, it was a fight he probably should have won. He could have just probably lost one more second, but this fight, he has a lot of power. We've never seen Kutalaba be knocked out. You got one for a uh, lost to a legal strike. So I think Ankalaev, I think he can maybe finish this fight by TKO because I think he has a lot of power. But if not, I still think he can get a decision. I think he's going to be a problem, a light heavyweight for a lot of these like veteran guys. I think he's going to get a top 15 gatekeeper if he wins this one. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly was so down on him after he lost to Paul Craig because he was dominating that fight and then tapped out with one second left. Just one more second. And I know none of us were in that fight. We weren't in that choke. But one more second. And that really made me sour on this guy. But since then, Cole, he's looked great. Coming off a nice win over Dalka Lugumambula by front kick. That was an awesome performance. Also beat Clitz and Abreu and Marcin Prachino. That fight with Craig was two years ago. You know, I think he's learned a lot since then. In his prime now, 27. I'm very high on Uncle Lev now. Um, he's been nothing but impressive. You know, Kuchel Love is actually pretty good too, Cole. Another guy who's really improved over the years. Uh, tough debut against Serkinov. Kind of. Bounced around, but his losses. Look who he's lost to, Cole. Serkinov, Jared Kinnear, and Glover Shara. Those are not bad losses at all. This guy is pretty underrated. 
coming off a great win over Clear Roundtree. Also has a nice win over Antigluov by knockout. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fight. I got a favorite Ankalov, though. I, I've just been a little bit more high on this guy. I think it's going to be a war. I think they're going to strike with each other. I think Ankalov probably finishes him by finishes Kitalov by strikes. But uh, he could win the decision here as well. It should be a great fight, though. I'm very interested in watching this fight. I'm really looking forward to this one between these two light heavy prospects. This, this should probably be Coleman, too. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Spencer probably is just because title shot implication is cool, I'm guessing. Um, we didn't talk about this, but my guess, and I'm assuming you're going to agree with me on this, the more impressive of the two winners between Spencer and Anderson in those fights probably gets the title shot against Nunez. We'll see what happens, right? Is that what you're thinking? Or? Uh, we can answer Chris's question. Yeah, see Chris has asked. I think Megan Anderson gets a feather title shot first versus Nunez. Felicia Spencer probably in 2021. I think it's Felicia Spencer. When I talked to Spencer, she said, there's a reason I'm co-main event and why Megan Anderson is two fights underneath me. She dominated Megan Anderson. I think there's no way Megan Anderson gets a shot against Felicia Spencer because I think Felicia Spencer could put up a better fight against Nunez, but I think yeah. no matter what, Nunez beats Spencer and Anderson. But I think even if Anderson gets a first-round win and Spencer gets a decision win, I still think Spencer's getting the title shot. I'm with you on that. Okay, so co-main event, Felicia Spencer, minus 800. Zarin, Theron, DeSantos, plus 550. How does Spencer win, Cole? Does she finish or is she win decision? I think she gets a first or second round submission win. She submitted Megan Anderson. I know MMA math doesn't always work, but she submitted Megan Anderson in the first round. Megan Anderson submitted uh, Theron DeSantos in the first round. Oh, man. I think Spencer's – I think she's going to be the strong girl. I think striking-wise – I think she showed a lot striking-wise against Chris Cyborg. She can take a punch. And she landed some good punches against Chris Cyborg. She was the first person to cut Chris Cyborg. Like I know yeah. she lost the fight pretty like handily, but she had she did have some success in that fight where I don't think Farron striking wise will be able to keep up with Spencer, and I don't think on the ground wise she'll be able to keep up with Spencer. So I think Spencer can finish this fight if she wants to ground pound TKO or submit her. I think it's gonna be over in the first or second round. Spencer by first round submission. I don't see the fight any other way. Maybe maybe TKO ground and pound. Spencer wins his fight inside distance goal. Cool. I'm pretty confident in that one. All right, time for the main event. Of the evening, vacant UFC flyweight title fight: Joseph Benavidez against Davison Figueredo. Joseph Benavidez minus one fifty, Davison Figueredo plus one thirty. Who's your pick to win the UFC vacant flyweight title? I think it's Joseph Benavidez time to find to be a UFC champion. I think this is going to be a really tough fight. Figueredo has a lot of power. He has really good on the ground. He just submitted Tim Elliott. That was a really good performance. He's knocked out some guys. He's, but Benavidez, I think he's just the better all-around fighter. I think striking-wise, I think he's the better technical striker. I think Figueredo has more power, though. But Benavidez uses all kicks very well. He uses, he uses head kicks really nicely. Like he set, and then he sets up his striking with his wrestling to set up submissions or ground pound. I think Benavidez can probably finish this fight. But I think it's going to be pretty close. I think Benavidez will probably finish it in the fourth. I think, And I've just we've never really seen Figueredo go five rounds. So I wonder what his cardio is going to be like in those championship rounds. But we've seen Benavidez... Go, be in title fights before. He knows what it's like. I think Benavidez wins this fight by fourth round stoppage. Great fight. We're looking forward to this one. I got to go with Benavidez too. More, just a better experience against higher level competition for over a decade. Five round experience. That's huge here. He's fought and beaten pretty much everyone in the flyweight division except for Mighty Most Cole. He even has to win over Henry Cejudo. I mean, that's a great win. Of course, that fight did have an illegal low blow that changed the course of the fight and he probably would have lost the decision otherwise. But still, that is a huge win in resume. The guy is 
in my opinion, Cole, maybe one of the most underrated fighters in UFC history. He has not won a title yet, so that's kind of his fault in some way. But look who he had to fight, Cole, the, tw the two times he had a title shot. Demetrius Johnson. That's tough. I was at his first fight. I picked Demetrius Johnson in that fight, UFC 152, Jones versus uh, Belfort. And uh, he lost the split decision that night. It was a close fight. The rematch got knocked out in. But the first fight was super close. And over the years, he's kind of had to grind his way back. You know, the Pettis loss notwithstanding, that fight, Cole, you got to keep in mind, he was coming off like a year-long ACL injury layoff. And uh, he lost a split to Pettis. But since then, he's looked great. The guy is just uh, a beast. You know, Figueredo, i got to talk about him quickly. He, I'm impressed with him, Cole. I mean, he's looked good. I know you have a pretty good rapport with him in this team with Waleed. And uh, I think the guy's pretty good, Cole. Like, he's a pretty powerful dude. The problem with him is I think his takedown defense is going to be an issue here. Look at the fight with uh, Formiga last year, Cole. Just taken down and beat up. You know, that scares the hell out of me, man. I don't like that, you know. That was not a good loss. Um, he just got exposed, I think, with his takedown defense. He is dangerous. I wouldn't be completely shocked, Cole, of course, because the guy's dangerous. Look at the odds. They're pretty close. If this guy does pull off the upset, I wouldn't be surprised. But more times than not, I think Benavides just fights really smart here, Cole, and just sticks and moves, mixes in some takedowns, and then he edges out a decision and becomes the new UFC flyweight champion. And I think it's a long time coming. So this is the best fight in the card by far. There's only a handful of really good fights in this card, and this is by far the best one. So mm. a really good fight. Go ahead, Cole. With this, the fight, so St. Benavides does win. A problem that I think comes is he's beaten mostly everyone right to flyweight. Like, the logical yeah. number one contender is UC Formiga. The problem is Benavides has already beat him twice and knocked him out twice. Like, and that was his last fight. So, like, I don't even know who – it's probably going to be Pantoja or, like, Murano, someone like that, but – Benavides has already pretty much cleared out a lot of the top 10 of flyweight, which is going to be tough for the UFC to match make him if he does become the champion. This division really sucks, uh, obviously, as we know, but I am glad it's still around because I think there are some guys that are decent coming up. But yeah, you're right, Cole. I think Benavides probably beats most of them, but, you know, Pantoja still be a fun fight, you know. But you're right. I think for the UFC, it's probably better if Figueroa wins because there's more, like, intriguing matchups that are fresh Formiga rematch for the title, like because yeah. You didn't talk about this though, Cole. What about guys moving down? We never mentioned that. There are guys at 135 that could potentially move down. We didn't mention that. Yeah. Uh, hasn't Cody Garbrandt talked about moving down one one day? Hasn't he talked about that in the past? I think he hasn't. Saying, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Cejudo loses his belt of bantamweight, say in a couple fights, and goes and say Benavides is still champion, goes back down to flyweight and has that rematch. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we see Cejudo fight for the flyweight title again. Like there's got to be someone in this top 15 at 135 that can cut the weight. Casey Kenny used to be the LFA flyweight champ. Can Corey Sanhagen make 125? I probably doubt it. He's a big guy. He is pretty big. But, I mean, he's just in such a bad spot, that guy. Can't even get a fight. Loses his fight against Frankie. Can't get a fight. Not getting a title shot. So, yeah, I think someone could drop down. What about John Dodson? What about John Dodson? Can he move back down to 125? He's, at, he's ranked number 12 right now. 135. He's not going to tell him time soon. I mean, Wade looked 131 or 132 his past couple of lands. What about Benavides versus John Dawson, Cole? That'd be a pretty good fight, wouldn't it? So I think we got to look outside the box a little bit for this division. I think there could be a guy moving down or possibly someone signed that I'm not thinking about right now. All right, let's get to some questions here, Cole, because there's a lot from Chris Ledford. Chris, please the question, buddy. Joanne Calibers versus Valentina Shevchenko, what percentage chance do you give Calderwood? Um, 5%. 
There's always the chance of an injury in an MMA fight. I don't see her winning any other way. Possibility of a cut stoppage or an injury. But otherwise, cool. I can't see her winning. I think Valentina whips the floor there. What do you think? Yeah, I'd say under 10%. I said, like, I think if they fight 100 times, I'd probably pick Caldwell to make her win one or two just because saying, fluky stuff happens. Fluky, it, it's MMA. Someone could break their leg or break their arm or you know, get a cut over their eye that they can't recover from. So that's the only way I see her winning. But uh, I'm picking Valentina. I, I think she probably wins by TKO. I mean, she is just looking really good lately. Chris Ledford, I think, Megan Anderson gets federal title shot versus Nunez. Felicia Spencer probably next year. Uh, I know you disagree with that call. I, I I think it's pretty much up in the area. Now, Felicia Spencer, the fact she is coming in, does give her the edge. But I think they want to see who's more impressive, Cole. They, they've did this a few times where they, they'll put a, two different fights on the same card and see who more, who's more impressive and then give them a title shot. What percentage do you give Paige Van Zandt resigning with UFC? Paige looking for minimum 150 to show 150 to win deal. The problem with Paige Van Zandt is I think her management really overvalues her. I don't think she's as valuable to the UFC as I think her management group thinks she is, Cole. I know she's like their, their arguments, well, she can make all this money on Instagram. Well, good for her. I, I don't think UFC cares about that. They let go of Sage Northcott pretty easily, Cole. And, you know, Sage and Paige were kind of like the two, uh, you know, rising stars at five years ago for the UFC. And they already cut Sage. They let him go to one. I think Paige probably does leave the UFC. I think she signs with Belter. I think the UFC is going to be okay with that. They don't really care about her anymore. She's had her chances a few times to fight high-level fighters and has, quite frankly, not fared very well. So my percentage, what percentage do you give Paige Rezamps resign with the UFC? I'd say, that, you know, 10%. I don't think she signs with the UFC. I think she was the Bellator. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be Bellator 1. I think it's probably under 25% chance that she resigns. I think the only way is maybe the UFC caves in and thinks maybe she is a star but i doubt that's gonna happen so i'd say it's probably under 20 25 percent breaking news good stuff y'all keep up the good work appreciate the comment man really do chris ludford nina answerob mentioned the man is will retire at the end of 2021 thoughts i didn't hear that but uh you know she's just dominating everyone i think she'll continue to make some money cool i i you know i know tyson fury's father said that he's gonna retire soon there's just too much money for these guys to make call you know they're still in their prime and nina's just still in her prime I don't see her retiring, do you? She just doesn't have a whole lot of fights left. I know her and Nina have talked about while you started a family, so... I well, he is if, pregnant, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, so I wonder if maybe she'll just take a mom roll over and just let... Because Nina's taking this time off, so maybe they kind of, once she has the kid, maybe you just let Nina fight and Amanda takes time off. Because there's really not a whole lot of interesting fights for Amanda, yeah. for her. So I, I would be surprised if we only see like another year or two of Nunes, but... yeah. She can. I don't think. She, I think she can still dominate over the division for a couple more years at least. Yeah, Chris Ludford is Aspen Lad next at Bandway title shot, or is it? Yeah, I, the the, uh, the winner of that fight probably. Yeah, Lad Pena. Yeah, I'd probably think gets it. I think agree with him. And he also asked to the UFC invest in a women's admin division or featherweight division. It's tough. It's a tough call because okay, featherweight is there's very shallow. There's not many fighters, but the fighters that are in there are pretty exciting. I think compared to Adam weight, you think there's no finishes at strawweight, guys? Wait till you see 105 pound women fighting in the UFC. There's like no finishes in that division. I know there's a few fighters, but Jenny Frey, Cole, that's the number one man Adam weight in the world. She can't even make weight. I don't want to see that division in the UFC. What do you think? I'd rather see Adam weight than featherweight. I think you're going to see a lot of strawweight drop down. You're going to see. Like Michelle Waterson dropped yeah, down. Cool. You're going to see 
like yeah, the yeah. level of competition at Adelaide would be way better, and there'd just be more fighters overall in the division to actually have a legitimate division. I want to finish all the Chris's questions and go to Marcus. If Tatiana wasn't injured and say Rose wins her next bow, who gets the title shot first versus Wei Li Zhang? I don't know. Well, you're also assuming Wei Li beats Yoana, which. Yeah, exactly. That's not a sure thing. And uh, Yoana, she's already said she wants the Rose trilogy fight. I don't know if it's a good thing for her, but she wants it. Calor loses to Val- Valentina. Is Roxanne next? Probably. Roxanne needs one more win, I think. And I know she beat Macy, but Macy was not like highly ranked. I know she was a good prospect. But yeah, this division, man, there's not much out there. What do you think? Yeah, I'd like to see Roxanne fight someone like Lauren Murphy, Jessica I, someone like that. Maybe Lauren Murphy yeah. because Lauren Murphy's on the winning streaks, then you could just say whoever wins that fight. Yeah, gets, you could do that. I mean, like, cool. Like, ugh. Like, who wants to watch, like, Valentina well, decimate them? Look at the rankings. Jessica I's number one. You're not going to see that. Caden's number two. You're not going to see that. Caldwell at three is getting it. Jennifer Maya's at four, but Roxanne's not going to fight her because she's already fought twice, and Maya can't make weight. This division, and then you have oh Roxanne and Lauren Murphy. So, like, correction: Ash Alicia Zapatella is she? Zapatella is number one. Adam, wait, was I wrong, Cole? Maybe I was wrong. What's her? She beat Kelly D'Angelo. Well, I guess she's actually making weight, but I thought that Jin Frey was still number one ranked because she's a champion. Yeah, I think Frey is. Help, but still, I think she's number one. Either way, like I said. uh I'm not too interested in this division personally. I mean, if Ashley Zapatella is number one, you know, looking at her resume, Cole, six and two, seven of her eight fights have gone the distance. She's not even going to finish. There's no finishes in this division. I don't think anyone wants to watch that person. I know finishes are not like the BL end all, but I think for like blood hungry MMA fans, they want to see people get knocked out or submitted. And I just don't see it happening in 105. Although you make a good point about Michelle Watterson. She is very popular. I think the UFC would like to have her as a champion. Um, they really like her. All right, Marcus has a question. Marcus, appreciate it, man. Always like when you tune in. What are your thoughts on the rumors that talks of Gaethje versus Connor are in early talks for summer fight? What weight do you think would happen? What UFC payroll would happen at? Well, I saw this rumor yesterday. I think Ariel floated around. He said that there's possibility of this. It makes sense because Connor at this point is probably going to wait to see what happens with Khabib and Tony. I think at this point it's like what, like less than two months away. And if there's an injury or weight miss, Connor's going to step in and fight for the title. But after that, Habib, if he wins, he won't be fighting until like September, October, Cole. Like that's a long time for Connor to wait. Uh, for Gaethje, he hasn't fought since last September. That's a long time for him to wait too. Gaethje is just turning down everyone else. He won't fight Dan Hooker. He won't fight these guys. He wants a title shot or he wants Connor. So I think there's a chance this could happen. I'd love to see this fight. I think it's an exciting fight. It's a risky fight for Connor. It's a risky fight for Justin, but it's a great fight for the fans. What weight would happen at 155, in my opinion? What pay-per-view would happen at? I don't know. There's the pay-per-view in uh, June, which has already been announced now, and I talked about this morning, Cole, it's going to be Volkanovski, Holloway, and Shevchenko, Calderwood. That's not going to happen. There's the pay-per-view in July, which is probably going to be Usman, Maswell, and probably, I'm guessing, John Jones. But if it's not John Jones, then you could probably put Connor versus Gagey on that one as the headliner above Maswell, Usman, which probably doesn't make sense to most fans because it's not a title fight, but I think it would be a five-round fight, Cole. Or they could put Jones and uh, Blackowitz or Reyes on that July card, and then the August pay-per-view, they could do Connor versus Gaethje, and uh, that'd be a great fight. So, I don't know, Marcus. We'll see what happens. I'd like to see this fight, though. I think it'd be a fun fight. Both these guys need to fight, though. Like, Justin needs to take a fight. You know, he's kind of in this spot right now where he's just sitting and waiting. That's not paying anything. Like, you're not making money doing that. So, you know, it's up to him what he wants to do in his career, but, you know, Ali is a great manager. I know he's 
got the best interest of his clients in mind, but I, I think in this case, they're kind of making a mistake. Well, I think they got to start taking a fight. What do you think? I'm actually might be in the minority. I don't think this fight's going to happen. I think if it does, it's going to be at welterweight. I think Connor's made it clear he's not cutting a 55 unless it's for a title shot. Kavanaugh said they want a welterweight, which maybe if it happens, it's going to be sometime in the summer, July, August. Just normally mapping it out, September's normally Abu Dhabi. I doubt they're because I think they signed a five-year deal for September to be Abu Dhabi. I doubt Connor's going to go fight in Abu Dhabi. Especially yeah. because I also don't think it's going to happen either. Because the problem is, I think Connor, why risk it? Your Dana White's already said you're getting a title shot against Habib, anyways. Why risk fighting? You could just keep on training and then just fight uh, Habib in like September, October, November. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Connor Habib headline MSG in November. Like, I would be surprised if that's the fight, or maybe they do Abu Dhabi in September, like Conor Habib. Yeah, but I here's just, another. Thing. Sorry, go ahead. I just don't know if there's a point for Conor to fight because he's already guaranteed a title shot. Why risk fighting Gaethje? I just don't. I just don't think no, it's gonna I, happen. I, I think for Conor, he probably should wait, but for Gaethje, he's got to take a fight call. Like you can't just keep waiting. Here's the other thing, Cole. How if Tony Ferguson beats Habib? How if it's a close fight and they do a rematch? Then what? You know what I mean? So. There's just so many moving parts. It's like nothing will happen until after April 18th. We're not going to. Yeah, we got to wait and see what happens in that fight. Last question for Chris. Would you consider interviewing Paige? I think Cole would probably better answer that question. Cole, would you interview Paige? Yeah, I I interview like almost everybody. I would interview anyone, man. Anyone with a pulse, Cole is going to interview. All right, Cole, let's talk a little bit about uh, UFC Auckland quickly. Who'd you score the main event for, by the way? I forgot to ask you. I had a 48 47 hook ride, 135, but I thought, oh, yeah. like, anyone saying a robbery that Paul Felder lost, that's not a robbery. I said, like, if Felder won, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Felder won. When I went to scorecards, I basically thought Hooker won, but I thought the only clear round was a round one for Hooker, and I thought the rest of the four rounds were really close rounds, really toss ups. I, I thought Hooker edged it, but I would not have been surprised if Felder got the nod. Yeah, I thought Hooker won one three to five two. It was a close fight. I can't believe there are people out there saying this is a robbery. Unreal, unreal. Not every close fight's a robbery. A robbery is like Diego Sanchez against Ross Pearson. That's a robbery. You know, this is not a robbery. Even the Jones and Reyes fight, I thought that was a Reyes win. I didn't think that was a robbery. It was close enough where it wasn't like crazy that you could give it to Jones. I know you gave it to Jones, but like Cole, seriously, enough with this robbery nonsense. When it's like a super razor thin fight like this, like. This is a super close fight. Look at the judges' scorecards. They were very split on who even won the rounds. So it was a close fight. It's a great fight. Hooker call at Gaethje. I'd love to see that fight. I really want to see this fight. Oh, you want to see it? Yeah, I'd love to see that one. And then on the Aero Show, he said if Gaethje doesn't want to fight, he wants Poirier. Like either of those fights, I'm down for. Like, yeah. hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And you know, someone on my uh, Twitter today said went on a rematch because I wrote an article in May ratings. And I forgot to plug that, but I wrote an article talking about the possibilities for. Dane Hooker. And to me, there's three guys you could fight. That's it. Only three different guys. Um, Justin Gaethje, Donald Cerrone, or Dustin Poirier. Those are the only three guys you could fight. With Donald, that's a great fight. But I think Donald needs to get a bounce back win call at this point. Like, he's lost three straight fights by knockout. If Hooker fights Donald Cerrone, Hooker's going to knock him out in the first round, in my opinion. Um, Poirier wants, like, uh, Poirier, for some reason, really believes he's, like, he's earned this fight with, like, Nate Diaz or Connor. I think he needs to start realizing that the UFC doesn't view him that way. They don't view him as a superstar. And I think that if he takes a hooker fight, it'd be a great fight for the fans. Um, there's this card in San Diego in Manicole that needs a headliner. 
Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hook could be a great fight for that card. You know, they've talked about Poirier headline in that one. Against Nate Diaz, that's not going to happen. That'd be a fun fight. And you know, we should mention Nate Diaz. I mean, it's possible he could return, but I think it's only going to be for someone like Connor. I don't see him fighting someone like Dan Hooker. That'd be a great fight as well. Um, just looking at the rest of the card, Cole, Jim Crute, man. I mean, this kid is, this kid's unreal. I think this guy could be a future contender at one point, uh, 205, Cole, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know how, why he was an underdog in this fight. I thought oh, there was a clear, yeah, I thought Crute too. Yeah. I thought there was a clear, like, I didn't expect Crute to throw many strikes standing. I literally thought he, his game plan is what I thought it was going to be. I thought he was just going to out-wrestle. Uh, Olechek, yeah. just because Olechek, we've seen that's his big weakness, his ground game. He can't stop the takedowns. And when he's yeah. on the ground, he doesn't really know what to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. His last two fights by submission losses. Um, anytime you get submitted by a Vaughn Fluchoke or, or uh, a Vaughn Pruchoke, that's not a good sign. Cool. Krut is dangerous, though, man. I know the Serkinov fight, that wasn't a very good performance by him. But, you know, Serkinov is honestly pretty underrated by most people. And uh, Krut looked like he improved a lot since that fight. So good for him. I think this kid's dangerous. Man. He's only 20. Uh, he's 23. Cool. Turning 24 next week. He's young. Uh, also on this card, just some other fights here. Carolina. Cool. She, I don't, uh, first off, the doctor did a terrible job in this fight. Like she had a broken bone in her eye and the coach was blaming the doctor. And I, I think there is some blame for this doctor. He just let her fight. I was watching it. I'm like, how are they not stopping this fight? Like it looked like she clearly had some injuries. She, She's busted out, man. I don't want to see her fight in the UFC ever again, Cole. I pray, frankly, man, I think she should retire. You know, it's very hard to say a fighter should retire, but in Carolina's case, Cole, she is 34 years old. She is one of the oldest fighters in this division, and she's coming off four straight losses. That's it for her, Cole. I think she's out of the UFC. Maybe she goes back to KSW and fights home in Poland, but I Maybe. don't really want to see her fight again. She she hasn't looked – she just looks like she hasn't evolved in, like, yeah. the past five years, and everyone's kind of passed her. She hasn't finished a fight in six years. And even in her whole career, she's only got three finishes. Like, that's not very good. She she only wins close decisions now, and most of the time she's getting beat up. Just looking at the rest of the card, you're cool. I mean, there were some good performances. Riddle looked good. Lima looked good. Oh, man, Ben Sassoli. That's it for this guy, right? Oh, I don't even know why you're in the UFC. But... <laughs> oh, just because he was the underdog. I make bad picks. Cool, I only know? picked him because he was the underdog. I'm like, this is two... Probably the two worst heavyweights on the roster. You know, Delima at least has KO part. This is so solely good. I don't know why the UFC is so high in him, Cole. Like, he overall at Zufa Cole, he's 0 2 and 2 no contests. That's going to be it for this guy. I don't want to see him fight in the UFC again. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> um, just looking at the rest of the card. Yeah, Zubero Tukugov. He looked good, man. Like, I, I did pick him to win Cole. I didn't expect him to get this first round knockout. Kevin Aguilar has been disappointing, man. We all thought he'd be like a contender. Not at all what he's turned into. Jalen Turner looked good. Jake Matthews looked good. Emil Meek, you think they caught him or do you think they give him one more fight? He's one in three now in the UFC. I hope they give him one more, but stop giving him yeah. grapplers. Give him guys like Mike Perry, Michelle Perhera. Give him yeah. these fun yeah. fights. Like, why do they I keep on giving like a great fight? I'd love to see that fight. It makes sense to me. Like, why do they keep on giving these grapplers that um, Emil Meek, he's an excited guy if he can get in these brawls. Mike Perry can. Do that for him. Michelle Pereira can do that for him. Like, give him yeah, like that. Fights. I really like those fights, Cole. I, I, I agree 100. Great suggestions, man. Jake Matthews pretty underrated too. You know, he's one five is not six. He has to be the oldest 25 year old. I feel like this guy's been 25 for like years. 
<laughs> it's crazy, right? He made his debut at age 19. So, like, when you were, like, a teenager, he was right in the UFC, man, which is crazy, dude. Um, Song Kenyon looked good. Very powerful guy. Kai Kara France looked good. Angela Hill looked good. And Priscilla Cachuera looked good. Overall, Cole, honestly, it was a pretty good card. It was, it was actually, yeah, it was one of those sneaky cards where you were like, ah, there might be some good fights. That a lot of them ended up being really good fights. Obviously, the main event. It's a yeah. really awesome fight. Yeah, like, Mustafa, that was a good one too. It was a good card. Uh, Marcus has a question: Who do you think will be the next UFC champ to lose their title? Um, let me just go take a look at the champs again. Uh, okay. Well, I won't say it outright, but I'm picking one champ to lose their belt next week at 248. Really? Yeah, I think one champ loses. Well, you're obviously not picking Israel because that's your guy. So, or maybe you are. We'll wait till next week to this to see who you're picking. Yeah, I don't want to spoil Marcus. Honestly, it's just going to spoil our picks for the rest of the year. I think that Cole's right, though. I think there's a good chance someone does lose next week. All right, uh, let's just talk quickly about Belter Cole. I don't want to get too much into this, but uh, Yaroslav Yamasov, title shot next to this guy or what? I mean, I, Douglas Lima is, I guess, fighting uh, for the middleweight ball, but you think Amazon maybe one more win than title shot? Like, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, why was he not a part of the Grand Prix? Like, and they did, like, Ed Ruth and Neiman Gracie, like... Alternate, right? Wasn't he? I think when he beat Eric Silva, that was an alternate fight. Yeah, I, he should have been outright in it, like... Yeah. He's a legit guy. Like, I'd like to see him fight, like, a guy like Koroshkov next, and if you mm. beat Koroshkov, because he obviously has a big name, that then you get a title shot, because I still think he doesn't have that huge name, but... Ed Ruth, it was like, he had so much hype behind him in Bellator. Now, two losses... His other fight was a split decision. Like, I think the hype's kind of you toned down a lot on Ed Ruth lately. He's had tough fights, man. You know, I, I got to give credit to Ed Ruth. At least he's fighting tough guys. Unlike Michael Page, who just fights cans. It's embarrassing what they're doing with Michael Page. I'd like to see Amosov fight Michael Page. I think Amosov beats Michael Page probably. Cool. Takes him down and beats him up. Yeah, I think you know? so. Yeah. I know. Well, you messaged me when this happened. Tim Johnson knocking on Terminal Fortune. You're like, did you just see that? And I taped the card and I watched it after, and I was like, okay, I'm guessing one of these heavyweight fights ended up. So just the way you said it, Cole, I mean, this guy needed the win to save his job, basically. To Raw Fortune, Cole, fell in love with his striking, man, and got and paid for it. Tim Johnson, plus 500 underdog. Good for him. Yeah, I think, too, though, is Tim Johnson's a really good wrestler, too, that I don't, I would have liked to see if he would have been able to stop Fortune's takedowns, but. Fortunately, everyone tried to take for, go for a takedown. He got caught. Like, I think Bellator was really high on Tyrell Fortune. I think they really wanted him to beat Tim Johnson. Uh, Tim Johnson spoiled those, pan, uh, those plans. It was good because he had a tough run about to check Congo and then Vitaly Manikov on like six hours notice. That's, that's a t- top two stretch run there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, whatever. Miles Drury won his fight. Josh Hill. Oh, Keith Lee won his fight. Yeah, that was, he was a big, I don't know, he was like plus 350 or something. Crazy odds. They popped up the day of the fight because I think there was like a switcheroo with the opponents. He was like a plus 300 dog or something. Keith Lee, crazy, right? Let me check what the odds were. Dolce 239, Keith Lee, plus 350. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Sean Bunch is not that great. And those odds, by the way, Cole, were only up for two hours. So you have to jump in there really quick. I don't get Bellator odds why they do them so late. I don't know either. Bellator 240, quickly, let's go through this. Or I guess I should say Bellator Europe. I don't even know what it's called, Cole. But your boy Brent Primus looked good, man. That's the last fight in his deal, if I'm not mistaken. No, he has two more. He had three fights. Oh, my God. Are you serious? This yeah. poor guy. 
Get him out of this. That's contract. why he said he wants all three fights this year. I'd like to see him fight the UFC. I know he's 34, I think. I think, right? Is he 34? Yeah, 34, he'll, 35. In the UFC, though, man. He's good. He is really good. Yeah, I think, like, give him the Chandler trilogy. Give him a guy like Fence Henderson. Why do they keep on giving him these no-name guys no one's even heard of? I don't even know who this guy is. Who's that Tim Wilde guy or whatever? I don't even know who that guy is. Oh, it's pretty fun. When I was talking to Primus, I'm like, do you know even know anything about this guy? He's like, they offered him, and I thought Bellator's joke. I thought this is just a made-up guy. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's go to the other card, Bellator Europe. I don't even know. If, same card or whatever, second card. I don't even know what you want to call it. But yeah, Georgie looked good. Got his submission win. He's an underrated guy, Cole, in Bellator. Aaron Chalmers lost to Austin Clem. It was a pretty big upset. Everyone was parlaying Aaron Chalmers, and he busted their parlay. And then uh, Jude, or uh, Lane McCorpy, Judith Reese. They're acting like she's some superstar. Cole, I don't see anything special about this girl. What do you think? She's just big over there in Ireland. I don't know. Like, You can't give her cyborg or anyone half-decent at featherweight. I think she loses. I don't think she's that impressive, but... Bellator obviously thinks they see something in her. I don't even know what to think about Bellator these days, man. Like I've been watching Bellator since 2009 when uh, they started under Bjorn and, and they worked the tournament format. I don't understand what they're doing these days. I like, hate I these tape delay. I didn't even watch that Dublin card. I'm like, if it's tape delay, if I have to, who covers this far for a living, if I have to try to Google and figure out how to watch your card, I'm not watching your card. That's embarrassing. You're, that's a great point. That's embarrassing by them. And uh, every time that someone asks they they just have some run around answer. So, you know, I'd love that there's another option for, for high level fighters to make money cool, but I just don't, I don't believe in Bellator really much anymore. I just don't really believe in their product. And to be quite frank, I don't know if they last, you know, maybe a few more years, but at some point, I think uh, Paramount's going to be like, we want to make a return on investment. I don't really see them making that much money on Bellator. Like you look at the gates and the, the TV ratings, cool. It's not that great, man. And they pay their fighters pretty well. So, you know, again, we want to hand in Beltra because at least they are getting a platform. These guys, they're paying them pretty well, and that's a good thing. But you're an investor, you're paying for this. Like, what are you really getting out of it? All right, last thing we're going to talk about here, and we'll get out of here, Cole. It's almost been an hour. We've got to talk about the boxing match. And uh, my boy Tyson Fury won. He looked great getting that seventh round TKO. Good stoppage. Probably should have been stopped earlier, in my opinion, like a round or two earlier. Wilder is just getting tooled. News came out yesterday, Deontay Wilder, he's been blaming his costume. He's blamed his trainer, saying he shouldn't have thrown the towel in. He's probably going to fire his trainer. I don't think he's made a decision yet. Uh, but the costume thing he said was weaken his legs, which is the craziest excuse I've ever heard, probably. And he's exercising his rematch clause with the trilogy. Cole, I can't see it going well for him, man. I was surprised he did the trilogy, because I think he can get the trilogy whenever... Yep. Andy Ruiz is a PBC guy, same promotion Wilder's in. You should have done that fight. You could have done Fury Joshua, and then if Fury beats Joshua, he holds every single belt in the heavyweight division, and then Wilder beats Ruiz, probably knocks out Ruiz, then fights Fury with all the heavyweight belts on the line, and then it makes that fight way bigger. Where if Wilder loses to Fury, say Fury goes out and beats Joshua next, Wilder's not getting another crack at Fury. So like yeah, if I was his management, I would probably said let's just get a win or two under our belts, and then we'll go after Fury again because it's a fight I think the fans will always want to see. It's like the Connor Nate trilogy; like you can do it whenever. But I don't know. I don't think he should have done because I don't really know how much adjustments you make. Because Wilder technical boxing is not very good. He just has that knockout power, 
And we saw Fury, he wasn't known for his power, and he put Wilder down twice and could have argued in three, but the ref ruled it a slip. But he just is a way better title boxer where he can just outpoint Wilder for 12 rounds or even just do that to him again. He just tooled him. And I think that uh, putting on that weight helped a lot. He was like, really pushing around. A lot of clinch fighting, which obviously none of us really want to watch, but uh, it was a smart game plan by Fury. But yeah, cool. If this fight happens in a few months, which it might, in the summer or something or in the fall, I can't see Wilder winning the fight, man. But I, I was going to say, like, had he said, you know what, I'm not going to take the rematch. I want to hone my skills. I want to take some time off recover. And then maybe next year they fought in the trilogy, Cole. I think then it would have been a better chance. But I think the next fight, Cole, I don't see it going well for him, man. But it'd be interesting. If he does win, then it sets up a fourth fight because there'd be one, one, and one. So it'd probably set up the fourth fight, which would be crazy. And in boxing, that's not really unheard of. Like, there's a lot of guys that have fought four times. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Cole, before we get out of here? No, I think that's all. All right, cool. Plug your stuff, and we'll get out of here. Uh, Twitter, at Show 91 This week, I talked to Felicia Spencer off Fighter Picks for the main event. Other than that, everything's always on my Twitter. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at Evan Adam Martin. Um, obviously, my home is mmaoutsworker.com. That's the home of the podcast as well. Definitely check out all of our staff picks. Me and Cole are we're in the neck of things. We're in the thick of things right now. We're kind of neck and neck ourselves, but uh, there's a few. But Nick's doing really well as usual. He's at the front, I think. But uh, we're right there, Cole. And it's only February, so a lot of time to pick fights. There's probably like 40 cards left in the series, something like that. Um, so we have a good chance to win that, hopefully. Uh, also check me out at uh, bjpan.com. Always writing there for them. And, and MMARings.net. I have an article on who should be next for Dan Hooker. Cole, thanks again for tuning in for joining me today. And guys, thanks again for tuning into the podcast. Appreciate the questions. And I'll be back tomorrow morning for the Wednesday edition of the podcast. I'm going, guys. Bye.